This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. DPH and Rothenberg kick off our new lineup at 6 a.m. They're from 6 to 10 a.m. Greeny from 10 to noon. Barton Hunt from noon to 3. The Michael K. Show. The boys are back in town. Michael, Don, and Peter. They will speak with Robert Sala, the head coach of the Jets, at 5.15 tomorrow. And, of course, tomorrow as well. Following them, we'll have Rangers and Hurricanes. And Gordon Damer will rejoin me when I have ESPN New York tonight, tomorrow night, following Rangers Hurricanes. So that's your lineup tomorrow. And uh, that's our new lineup. We're excited about it. I know that uh, Rick and Dave are ecstatic, and they're going to do their best to get get you uh, up and headed out on your morning commute with a big smile on your face. And, of course, all the information from the resources we have at ESPN. So uh, make sure you wake up early and check them out. If you if you if you haven't joined them from five to eight, you'll love them from six to ten. Four hours of Rick and Dave, right here on ninety eight seven ESPN. We've been chatting with you about the Giants and the Jets. We also have been talking the little Knicks, and we have the poll question up on Twitter at hardest to ESPN at ESPN NY ninety eight underscore seven FM. What's the biggest reason the Jets are not making the playoffs? Well, most of you say it's quarterback play just under 70%. We're neck and neck with offensive line play and coaching. There's a one percentage point between coaching and offensive line play, offensive line play being uh, the last reason why many of you believe that that's the reason why the Knicks are not in the playoffs. And and once again, listen, come on, man. It's, it's, it's easy. It's easy to jump on the quarterbacks for the Jets. It just is. It's easy. Because they've struggled, okay? They haven't had consistent quarterback play. just hasn't been. But um, when you look at what you hear from the Giants, and we were last talking about the Giants and how they got to the postseason, I'm just telling you, it, it's, it's Daniel Jones playing really out of his mind. And it's not that he's throwing a bunch of passes for touchdowns. It's not that he's doing that. He's doing the little things. And that's what they found is the best way to tweak what he can do based on what they have. In a minute, we'll hear from Brian Dayball. And uh, we'll get his thoughts on, you know, how the Giants have performed thus far and, you know, clinching a playoff spot and having one more game against the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday down in Philly before they go to the postseason. Um, but... You know, that, that, to me, that's been the big difference. Speaking with people who around the team, who cover the team, like our Jordan run-on, accountability, like I said last hour, that is the key thing, the big difference in this Giants team. Here's Brian Dayball, coach of the Giants. We'll get to him in a second. And get his thoughts on this team and how well this team has performed. But before I go back to Brian, I also want to talk a little bit more about Wink Martindale and what his role has been with the Giants defense that's had some injuries, with the Giants defense that has, the secondary has not been great, where they had to lose their number one secondary person as a matter of fact, who was in Philly because of the the way how badly Dave Gellerman left the team from a financial standpoint with, with 
you know, um, money to be able to do some things and get some players and increase and get better. And he just, what they've been able to do once again is just incredible. It's incredible. And so when you look at that and you look at how the Giants have performed and you look at the little guys, as I mentioned, some receivers who you don't even know who they are. But it has been Saquon Barkley. It has been Daniel Jones consistently with the offense. And really good blitzing packages and schemes from Wink Martindale that's gotten the Giants to where they are. So, listen, if you're a Giant fan, as I said, you're ecstatic right now. Ecstatic. And if you're a Jet fan, you're disappointed. Because you went from a situation where you were talking about getting to the postseason for the first time in over a decade. And you could see it. It was right there for you. That's all you had to do was take care, take care of business. And you couldn't do it. And the scary thing to watch, honestly, is how this team has come out the past two weeks. And we hear from Robert, we hear from Mike White and Robert Sala a little bit later. But the way they have come out, they came out not ready. And understand when you're playing for your playoff life. First of all, you should be able to go whatever. Maybe you're not talented enough. Maybe you don't have the players, whatever the reason is, okay? Whatever. But the bottom line here is you're supposed to be ready to go and play hard. Especially in a situation where you you have a last chance for a playoff spot. But most importantly, you've lost four in a row going into the game yesterday. So the main thing is you want to get a winning streak. You want to stop the bleeding. You want to stop the losing streak. You want to win a game. And that team was not ready to play Sunday. They weren't. When you hear players say we were flat, how? How could you be flat? It's hard to understand it. It's, it's, it's hard from, you know, you cover the team, you're not playing. So it's just, how is that possible in a situation where all the things, all we hear, we, we're ready to go, we want to play, our game's on the line, it's up to us, we, we, we got to win our games, and blah, 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 blah. And then you perform the way you perform. in a game like that where nobody made a play offensively. Nobody. Conklin made, take it back, Conklin made a big third down play. But for the most part, people didn't make plays. And so that's why the Jets are home and the Giants are still playing. Knowing that after the season, they have another game.
at least. At least. 1-800-919-3776. When we return, we'll hear from both the Jets and Giants. That's next on 9870 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. You get rest after the season. It's a long season. This is the fun part of the season. You know, it's the fun part of the season when you're winning. It's or bad part of the season when you're losing. Yeah, there's no question about that. That's Brian Dayball. <laughs> Do you plan on resting players for Philly? Uh, doesn't sound like it. It's ESPN New York tonight here on 98.7 ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Uh, once again, just updating you, DeMar Hamlin in critical condition uh, at a Cincinnati hospital. He stood up after tackling T. Higgins before collapsing in the first quarter of Monday's uh, Monday night football game. The game was suspended, originally was temporarily suspended. The players were pulled off the field. Coaches, they spoke with the league, and then they came back to say that uh, they were suspending the game. No word yet on when they're rescheduling it or what they're doing. Right now, everything is about Tamar Hamlin, and he is still in critical condition. They are expecting a press conference from a representative from the hospital, but not sure when. And, uh, you know, stay tuned to 987 ESPN, and we'll keep you updated on what's happening in that situation. Of course, all prayers are with him. We continue with Brian Debo. Coach, what were the what were the goals for the Giants this season? You know, our goal is never just to, you know, it'll never be just to make the playoffs. That'll never be just our goal. All right, so that, that makes sense. And of course, it's, it's about, you know, what everybody's goal, very simple, is to win the Super Bowl. That's everybody. That's everybody. It's not changed. That's everybody's goal is to win the Super Bowl. So for the Giants, they got a shot. Whenever you are in the postseason, you have a shot. Some teams may have better shot than others because you, you may have a only have to only play two games instead of three, you know. So odds are different with each team, clearly. But once you have a chance to get to the postseason, you have a chance to win because it's a one-game series. It's not like the NBA. It's not like the NHL. It's not like Major League Baseball. Anybody can have a bad game but one game, and you move on. And that's where the Giants are right now. Daniel Jones, we've been talking a lot about him. We've been talking a lot about how Brian Dayball has helped him. So, Daniel Jones, what has Coach meant to you? He's meant a lot. You know, I've learned a lot from him, a lot of football. I've grown a lot as a player and, you know, I appreciate his his support and, and giving me the chance to go out there and, and play. So he's helped me a lot. He's helped all of us a lot. Definitely grateful for him. So, Daniel, what was it like to hear your name chanted at MetLife Stadium yesterday? Like I said, I'm really appreciative and grateful for the support of the fans. You know, this was a complete team win today. You know, all three phases played really well. And uh, on offense, we executed, did our jobs. Like I said, the guys up front played really well. Just proud of this team, proud of this team to come out in a game like this, opportunity to clinch the playoffs. And we put together a, a good game, played, played really well. So just proud to be a part of it. No doubt about it. And once again, they handled their business. And that's what you do. They're better than Indianapolis. You go out, you beat them, you handle your business, and now you get ready for Philly and then get ready for the postseason. Very simple. That's how you go. DePaul Question handles and talks about the New York Jets. 
What's the biggest reason the Jets are not making the playoffs? Is it offensive line play? Is it quarterback play? Is it coaching? And obviously, most people believe it is quarterback play, right? Like Nick, who says, at the end of the day, yes, there have been other mishaps, but Zach Wilson was terrible, and Mike White outside his first start wasn't much better. If the Jets have even an average quarterback, the rest of the roster is good enough that they'd have 9 to 10 wins right now. And he's right. You still have time to weigh in at hardest to ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. And it's true. They would have just just average quarterback play. It's amazing. It's amazing. And while we thought, well, let's put it this way. I still believe the Jets have a very good defense. Okay, I still do. They have a very good defense. But over the past couple of weeks, it's not been that good. They've given up big plays. And that's something that had not happened before. Consistently. And that's part of the reason they're not playing in the postseason. That's part of it. Mike White, and this was the scary thing, right? Because really, most of the Jet fans and the team put all their eggs in the Mike White basket. They felt that he gave them the best chance to win, and he did. But you had to know that he wasn't 100%. And once again, it's not an excuse. If he's on the field, he's able to play. They were not able to run the ball after the first couple of minutes. They were not able to run the ball. And as the points piled up, They took the run away from them, and they were just trying to pass it, and he could not get a rhythm. Let's hear from Mike White, who said, very simply, when you talk about how I perform, I did not play to my standard. Listen, I mean, I was cleared to play by the doctors. The guys in in that locker room deserve a certain standard, and I knew what I was signing up for. I I was cleared by the doctors. I practiced all week, and I I don't think that was – what I, basically what I'm saying is, is there's a standard that those guys deserve, and I did not live up to that standard or play to that standard today. And don't talk to him about moral victories. It stings. It, it's tough. It's gut-wrenching. It's all of the above. You can whatever adjective you want to use to describe it. It's just there's uh, – it's just you – now by no means is there moral victories, but in the grand scheme of things, it is – we are playing meaningful football late in the season, but – also, I think we're at the point where we don't care about moral victories. We don't care that we're playing meaningful games because we know we're capable of it. Now we need to win meaningful games. And that's that's what we're – I know every single person in that locker room is going to use this game as fuel, myself included, but right now just it, it, it stinks. Yeah, it has to. It has to. All right, Mike, what happened to the offense? We didn't finish drives. You know, I thought in the first half we were moving the ball fairly well and just couldn't – we, we would get in plus territory and, and for whatever reason just couldn't couldn't finish the drive so that uh that didn't that didn't help all right now in a couple of seconds we'll hear from Garrett Wilson um on missing the playoffs and then we'll hear from Robert Sal on why the team came out flat the last two games but here's the here's the thing if you're a jet fan right it's clear to you and I saw it and I text my partner Gordon Damon yesterday I said it before I'll say it again the starting quarterback for the Jets is not on this roster for next season. 
don't see it. They have to go out and get somebody. And then they still have to do some work with their defense, and they still have to shore up. They have to do a ton of work on the offensive line. That that is a priority. That offensive line has got to, it's got to get better. It's got to get better. Otherwise, I don't care who's back there. It's not going to be good. You got to be able to be balanced. You have to be able to be a threat to run and pass. And with that offensive line struggling the way it has, with injuries, without injuries, it's been a nightmare. So. That's number one on Joe Douglas's list. He's got to get that offensive line going. Just has to. Just has to. All right, let's hear from Gary Wilson. Now, this was a pretty good draft choice from, <laughs> from Joe Douglas this year. This was pretty good. Along with Sauce Gardner, those two rookies made an immediate impact on this roster. Here's Gary Wilson on missing the playoffs. We feel like we blew the season for real. You know, we won a chance at the playoffs, and you know, I'm pretty sure that that you know this means we're not going. And at the end of the day, that's what we wanted to do, and you know, have a chance to prove ourselves beyond that. And uh, you know, we're not getting it. We didn't get there, so we uh, we don't feel good about it at all. Robert Sala, who once again will be on the Michael K Show tomorrow at 5:15. The last two games, this team has come out flat. Why? That's a good question. I can look at everything all the way from top down, starting with me, obviously, with this whole second half of the season. Is there something that we could have done differently from a practice schedule standpoint? Anything just to kick start it. And, you know, we made some changes with this travel schedule to come out a day earlier just to give our, get ourselves acclimated. But there's a lot of things that I can look at individually for myself. Yeah, there's a lot to look at because this team, and it's not just, and he's right, second half of the season. It's not, it's, it's something happened. Something happened to that team, and they've got to go back. They've got to look at it. It seems, it's crazy because when you go back and you look at how this team responded after Quinton Williams got into a verbal battle, shouting match, with one of the um, position coaches. And so, and afterwards, Salah defended him. Williams. And it just seemed after that, they took a step and they started playing well and they started putting some things together. And yeah, I mean, some people go, well, you know, it's who they play. I don't care who you play. It's the National Football League. It's on the schedule. You beat, you beat who they, you beat who they put out there. <laughs> Everybody's not equal. Okay. You beat who you're supposed to be and you play close to teams that are better. And that's how you get to the postseason. You play hard, and that's what you do. And they just seem to respond a little bit better. They just did. So it'll be a couple days. So I'm very curious to hear what Robert Sala is going to tell the guys tomorrow at 515 as looking back and seeing what happened and what happened with preparation and why did the team struggle and what, how healthy was Mike White. All the, all the questions that hopefully now that he's looked at video, they have to answer. And going forward, what are they doing for that final game in Miami? What are they going to do? What, what can we expect from them in a game that's meaningless for them after playing two games that were meaningful and they did not show up? What can we expect from them in Miami? I know one thing. It better be a heck of a game because – for a lot of these guys, it's resume video. Because there is always a huge amount of turnover on every football team from season to season. It's a huge amount of turnover. 
And the scary thing for this team is with all the injuries they had for next season, there's no guarantee they're going to even they're, they're going to be as good as they were this year. There's no guarantee they're going to be as lucky. There's no guarantee they're going to come and, and have a team like Cleveland give them a win. And there's also, you hope, there's a situation where they don't end up losing two games like they lost to New England next season, too. So while there's some hope, the hope that was built up for most of the season with the Jets, I don't know how you feel about this team now going into the postseason, uh, going into the offseason for them. I don't know how you feel about it. When we return, we'll turn our attention to where we started. A little basketball. I can hear the Nick fans now. After Donovan Mitchell scored 71 tonight, I can hear Nick fans talk about, we could have had him. We'll talk a little hoops next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. Just updating you from Cincinnati. There was rumored to be, there were reports that there would be a press conference to give an update on DeMar Hamlin, uh, the young man who is in critical condition after collapsing on the field after making a tackle in the uh, in the Buffalo-Cincinnati Monday Night Football game on ESPN. Now it appears there will be no press conference tonight. So um, it, I don't know what to take from that. I'm not going to try to make any determinations or speculation about what that means or anything, just that there's going to be no press conference or anything tonight. So it will just, you'll just be, uh, you know, updating around the clock and just see what's happened. You know, our team of ESPN reporters are there on the scene. Coley Harvey's been doing a tremendous job uh, with that. I've been watching him on TV and of course he's, uh, you know, feeding the uh, radio as well. So um, people are there. So we will update you as much as we can with the information we have. Let's uh, turn our attention back to where we started a couple hours ago, and that was with the New York Knicks and the NBA. Before I start with the Knicks, though, let me just talk about that other team, which is the Brooklyn Nets, who have now won 12 in a row. Brooklyn Nets did away with the uh, San Antonio Spurs tonight in Brooklyn at the Barclays. And uh, <laughs> they're the hottest team in the NBA right now. 13-5 and five at home, 25-12 and 12 overall. 139-103. And that's how you handle a team that you're better at. That's what the Knicks did not do. But Brooklyn took care of business. And once again, I made the point about Kevin Durant earlier, all right, and how the impressiveness of his game is the efficiency of his game. He had 25 points in 29 minutes, 10 of 14 from the field, 10 of 14, 5 of 5 from the free throw line, 11 assists tonight, only two turnovers, three steals. Defensively, he's underrated. Kyrie Irving, fabulous night tonight, 27 points in 29 minutes, 11 of 14, 4 of 5 from three, one turnover tonight. He had eight rebounds. No assists, but he had eight rebounds. Ben Simmons, 2 of 5, 4.6 rebounds, 9 assists. That's what they want from him. And Seth Curry had 16 points in 22 minutes. Very efficient night for the Nets. Very efficient. And <laughs> Kyrie had a dunk that's going to be on the highlight film in this game. All the highlights, all 
Look at Sports Center. You'll see it. I guarantee you'll see it. So the Nets just continue to roll, continue to handle their business. Like I said, 12 consecutive wins for Brooklyn. Earlier today, the Knicks won. They beat Phoenix by the score of 102-83. No, Phoenix did not have Devin Booker. No, Phoenix did not have Cam Johnson. And as a Knicks fan, I could care less. (laughs) I don't care. I don't care. Because my team has lost to teams like San Antonio, who's bad and without their best player. And they still lost. So, no, Phoenix was not at full strength, but it doesn't matter. And once again, the story is how Julius Randle's playing. Again, 28 points in 40 minutes. He's playing more minutes since Obi Toppin's been hurt. He's averaging, I would say, five to eight more minutes a game, depending on need. So he's playing more, and he's producing. Seven of ten, seven of eighteen from the field, four of twelve from the three-point line, ten of twelve free throw line, four of twelve from three. That's what I'm trying to say. Ten of twelve from the free throw line. Sixteen rebounds. So that's been, and as I mentioned earlier, the big, the impressive thing for me: one turnover. One turnover. That's that's what I'm talking about. One. One. You know how I complain. Terry goes dribbling the ball, dribbling over the corner, over by the baseline in the end line so they can double-team him and strip the balls and the third defender is the end line or the baseline. He got nowhere else to go. Here we go. And, um, but not tonight, not this afternoon, rather. And once again, he's playing very well. This is close to the Julius Randle we saw the second year here, first year under Tom Thibodeau. This is how he looked. This is how he played. He was phenomenal. He was the reason, along with great defense, he was the reason why, why the Knicks got to the postseason. He was the reason why. And he's playing like that right now. Okay, and he says he's not playing to be an all-star. He's playing just to play well, playing hard for his team. And he's doing a great job. And boy, was it good to have Jalen Brunson back. Boy, was it good to have him back. He did He did a, you know, it's just, just to have some structure in the offense. Okay? And I know many of you may not have felt that this Nick, this game was in jeopardy of being taken back by Phoenix. But the Knicks had a big lead, and Phoenix had cut it down to 18 near the end of the third, beginning of the fourth. And I'm just like, please, not don't you gotta be kidding me. Is this gonna be the game? Where they turn the foot turn, turn the football, turn the basketball over make mistakes, bad shot selection, try to hold on, let the clock run, and take them out of their rhythm, put the ball up too late in the shot clock, and then have to force a bad shot and give up a three. 
is Chris Paul going to come out of nowhere and have one of those games <laughs> that great players have, even though he's older, even though you can see he's not the same Chris Paul, but still, still a very good player. Is this the game where he does that? And I was like, no. I felt a little better. Couldn't breathe till it was over. <laughs> because I've seen it before. I've seen it before. And so give the Knicks credit. They were able to find a way to win. Uh, Quentin, Quentin Grimes played better, shot better. Five of nine, 12 points, and five assists and three rebounds. I, I like, obviously you love his three-point shooting, even though he was two of six today. But defensively, you like his foot movement, you like his position defensively. It's just sometimes, you know, taller players, they shoot right over him. So you put him in a tough position, but as far as staying with guys and fighting over picks and doing the little things that you have to do defensively to try to stay with your guy, hey, listen, that's what they that, that's what he does well. And he hits you some threes. And so when you when Randall's going the way he's going, and he's down battling in that box. And you could swing the ball out because the double team comes and you got Grimes on one side and Brunson on the other side. And yes, I know we had Evan Fournier signing because of injury. So he's played a couple of games. He's done. He's been okay. Hasn't killed him. Hasn't killed him. Um, it's, it's, it's been, it's, it's, it's been nice to see. The question is, is this sustainable? The question is, for this Nick team, are they going to, is this the team that they have now that plays well on occasion, that's not as good as they were during the eight-game winning streak, but not as bad as they were during this recent losing streak? Are they good enough to get to where they need to go? Are they good enough to say that they are contenders coming out of the East. No. And so the front office has to, yes, be happy with what they've seen, the improvement with the shortened bench, how, how the young players have responded. They have, they have to be happy with that, but they have to be realistic and say, listen, is this good enough to get us where we need to go long-term? Your calls are next, plus we'll check in on our poll question on 9870 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. Riding with you to the top of the hour, then it's Freddie and Fitz. They will continue to update you on Bill Safety, DeMar Hamlin, who's in critical condition at the Cincinnati Hospital. Uh, we do not anticipate that the hospital will be giving us um, – an update on Hamlin's status. He remains in critical condition. We know that Stefan Diggs is there. We know his mom is there. Hamlin's mom is there. We know that the other Bills players were there. Um, just trying to be there in spirit and prayer for their for their fallen Conrad. And uh, 
Once again, just to update you in case you hadn't heard, um, Hamlin made a tackle in the first quarter, tackling T. Higgins, collapsed. He stood up after the tackle, then collapsed, did not brace himself, just fell out, stopped breathing. Medical team was brought in, ambulance was brought in, they you know, gave him CPR. And then his mom was brought out of the stands and she accompanied him to the hospital. And so we're, you know, and we could talk about the game and how did they figure out what did they do and how are they going to play this game? When are they going to play the game? Uh, nobody cares about the game right now. Nobody cares. It's about Hamlin. It's about Hamlin. And the realization of just how dangerous this football game is. Come on, it's the number one sport here. We love it. We enjoy it. We can't wait for it. We know we're, we're betting on it. We're following it. We got fantasy. We got everything before. We just it's 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 everything we want. Seventeen games a year. Okay, and then the postseason, and it's one game a week, and we just we 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 it's it's appointment television. Right, it's, it's we got to see, we got to see what's happening this week. We got to find out what's going on with our team. We got, we got to watch. And we hear, we know, every, you know, any, come on, any, any play, we hear, we know. Any hit could be the last play. Any hit could be it, and for your career. But, ladies and gentlemen, this was different. I don't think we've ever had a situation, and I could be wrong, but I don't think we've ever had a situation where a player dropped like that without being able to protect himself, hitting the turf, and then not breathing. I mean, no, I can't remember anything of that nature. And so that's the reality of this sport. And listen, players understand it takes a certain breed to play in the National Football League. Going out there, understanding that any play could be your last. And the physicality and the emotion that you have to play with to throw your body around. And to think that first the game was temporarily suspended and then ultimately it was suspended or postponed, really. Not suspended, but postponed. Because I believe they're going to try to play it at some point down the line. But just to think that they were, you would think they were trying to possibly have them come back out and play? Come on. There's no way. Clearly, Buffalo wasn't, wasn't in the mental capacity to play. Neither was Cincinnati. But clearly, more so Buffalo. Because it's their teammate. And you could just look in the eyes of the players on both sides, dazed. This wasn't the usual. This wasn't, and I don't want to say a normal injury, but this wasn't the type of injury that you normally see where a player is, you know, hurt or, or is carted off or it's a knee or it, it's a joint. It, it, this was different. This was different. You know, our, our Monday night crew in the studio, Booker McFarlane in tears, Shefty, Susie Coble, all of them emotional because of watching that in real time. I mean, 
You don't see that. You don't see it. So our prayers are with Hamlin and his family. And, um, you know, the NFL did the right thing. The NFL did the right thing. But Fred and Fitz will continue it. They'll keep you updated throughout the night. And, of course, Rick and Dave will give you a fresh perspective tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. as they start with our new lineup from 6 to 10. Greeny 10 to 2, Barton Hahn noon to 3, and yes, the K guys are back. Michael, Don, and Peter, they're all back tomorrow here on 98.7 ESPN. Let's go back to the phones. Ryan's in Pearl River. Ryan, you're next on 98.7. All right, Larry, tonight you've been magnanimous. And uh, the unfortunate thing with Monday Night Football with the uh, defensive back, the safety, Hamlin, Mm -hmm. I mean, two things in his favor. He's young and he's healthy. But the thing is, when you watch that replay, you see – as the play is being made, he's getting hit, we know, with the helmet in the chest. But as he's getting hit in the helmet, he's falling to the side, and then his head starts to whip a little bit too when he hits there. Then he gets up off the ground, folks. If you didn't see it, he gets off the ground. He's actually starting to move and then just collapses but falls straight back. And again, he falls back, he hits his head, and he gets that whiplash from the – Falling back, that's the equivalent, folks, both of them, of like a knockout punch in boxing. So that, with the cardiac arrest. Now, good thing those paramedics and the doctors were right there to give him the CPR and get his heart going, get the airwaves going with the oxygen. That is the main thing. And hopefully he'll pull through it. But remember, he's, he's young and strong and healthy, so he, hopefully he'll pull through this thing. And, uh, yes, um, Chuck Hughes died on the football field, had a heart attack. In the early 70s, Detroit Lions wide receiver trotting off the field after a play to the sidelines, fell down. They tried to give him mouth-to-mouth, CPR, everything, and they could not save him. And they played the game. They played the game. The Kennedy assassination, we know he was assassinated on Friday. Mm-hmm. They played those football games on a Sunday. Unfortunately, they should have stopped all those games. And in baseball, there was a baseball player by the name of Ray Chapman in 1920. got hit in the head with a fastball from Carl Mays. In the polo grounds, Mays was a sidearm, right-hand pitcher. Uh, Chapman was right-hand hit. It hit him right in the side of the head. He went down. A couple of players actually said they, they thought the ball was, like, hit off his bat. That's the way it ricocheted off his head. They didn't have helmets back then. He died the next day in the hospital in Manhattan. But the thing with the young guy on the Hamlin, the, the paramedics were right there to give him everything he needed. That was the most important thing. And he's young and healthy, so hopefully he'll pull through this thing. And quickly on the Nets, yeah. I mean, it's, there's no real big drum beating tonight because of what happened on Monday Night Football. Mm-hmm. But um, the, the thing with the Nets, if Kyrie keeps his head in the game and KD plays the way he does, this team is a powerhouse. We all know that. It's just a matter of what KD wants to do. If he wants to, before he gets in the locker room, if he wants to hang up the clown suit and walk in there and do his thing, the, the Nets are going to be a driving force. No question about it, Ryan. Thanks for the phone call. Nice job for giving us some historical perspective as well. Uh, you're right. Listen, there's no question about Kyrie Irving's availab- his ability. There's no question about it. As uh, our colleague Stephen A. Smith says, he's box office. He is a tremendous player. He's one of the top players in this league. He can hit the three. He can get to anywhere on the floor he wants to get to. His mid-range is outstanding. He finishes. It's just a matter of two things. Does he want to play in his availability? And this year, his availability has been great. So you have him performing at his level. KD is at a MVP level. 
Ben Simmons is available. Seth Curry's giving you points off the bench. You know, you you you're missing, you know, the consistency from Joe Harris. But uh, you know, nevertheless, the way they're performing right now, you, you they're doing great. I mean, twelve in a row is nothing to sneeze at. I don't care who you're playing. Winning 12 in a row in the NBA is not easy. It's not easy. And they are performing brilliantly right now. And so you just keep riding it. Just keep going until, until you know, you can't go anymore until you eventually lose. But for right now, the way the Nets are playing, I mean, what can you say? There's nothing you can say with the exception of whether it's KD uh, talking to his players, whether it's Jacques Vaughn and the coaching change, uh from Steve Nash and him coming in and setting the ship correctly. I mean, I don't know. I, I, whatever it is, it's working. So if you're the Nets, you don't want to change it. You don't want to change it. Just keep rolling. 12 in a row. Congratulations to the Nets. Knicks win today as well. Our poll question earlier tonight, and you still have a couple of minutes to weigh in. At hardest to ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. What was the biggest reason the Jets are not making the playoffs? Obviously, most of you think it's quarterback play. Coaching comes in at number two, even ahead of the offensive line. And I and I think most of that is you folks saying it's maybe it's Robert Sala, maybe it's the coordinator, maybe it's the offensive coordinator and Mike LaFleur. You know, maybe it's the quarterback coach <laughs> that you're upset with because of the inconsistency of Zach Wilson. So I'm not really sure what it is, but most of you think it's coaching more than the offensive line. And I do think coaching has a big hand in it. There's no question about that. But the offensive line, man, the offensive line is key. I'm just telling you, the offensive line, that inconsistent play just has been something that they have not fixed. And they keep putting resources into it. They keep drafting people and drafting people and drafting people. And nothing's changing. Nothing's changing. So hopefully uh, they will get that fixed in the offseason and give this team and a good quarterback, no matter who it is, need an offensive line, and get this quarterback right. And who knows? Maybe the Jets can make the postseason next year too. That wraps up this edition of ESPN New York Tonight. We thank you for joining us. As always, remember, start your day with Rick DiPietro and Dave Rothenberg tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Chantel, Justin, Julian. I'm sorry, Julian. I was thinking of somebody else. Chantel, Julian, thank you very much. Up next is Freddie Fitz right here on 98.7 ESPN New York. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty.